37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 160, baby. We're resurrecting a classic. So that means we expect a follow-up song from Isaac. Yep. (laughs) How's everybody doing? Everybody's back this time around. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. We got the band back together. We're on a mission from God. I'm over at my buddy's house and recording on his computer. Recording remotely and on the scene, I guess you'd say. So hopefully the sound is good and all the levels are right. They look good on my end and they sounded good when I recorded it. So it should be fun. Goes good. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna skip news because we've got a lot of content for this uh, this episode anyway. But I've got some good news coming up for next episode because there was some pretty cool stuff that happened in the last few days that I can't wait to share with everybody. So we'll uh, we'll share that next time around. But Cool, Preston. I'm going to turn it over to you, man, because you've done all the dirty work for this thing. Yeah. So, a few episodes ago, we covered the Zaragoza Goblin story, and as we got to the meaty bits of the tale, it really stood out to me that they named the apartment building Home of the Goblin. So, when Sean had said something in Spanish, yada, 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 followed by the one day, I was like, hold the fucking phone. In the Hispanic culture, that's the word for no. That's the little Mm. Mexican gnome guy, and I got all excited. So tonight, we find ourselves deep diving the topic of El Duende. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, that building said uh, Edificio Duende, or Goblin Building. Yeah, I was close. (laughs) Yada, 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 Duende. (laughs) (laughs) You were very close. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you did what you normally do, and you sank your teeth in, you dug deep, and thus we have an entire episode to follow up, and this is all dedicated to the Duende. So take it away, Presto. So this is where I would, uh, you know, ask Steve to, you know, look into his big book of bullshit to, uh, you know, see what it says about the Duende, but he doesn't have that tonight, so yeah, I'm it's not take something I normally carry around. Yeah. You should. <laughs> you should. Every time yeah. you come across a fucking cryptid in your backyard, you gotta have yeah. that big book it should of be, bullshit on your side. It, you should have it on you twenty four seven. Like, hold on, let me consort the big book of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh hang on guys let me check out my big book of bullshit real quick yeah <laughs> well sure. i'll play the part of steven with his big book of bullshit and let me go ahead and just uh console the thieves in the night a brief history of supernatural <laughs> child abductions by joshua kutchin we're all familiar with it so uh it says here on south american fey folk all of the entities exported from Europe, Duendes, took full advantage of colonialism. Originating in the Iberian Peninsula, belief in these fairies spread from the Philippines to Mariana Islands and Latin America. With them came all the familiar trappings of child abductions. They said their main purpose or joy is to steal yet-to-be-baptized babies or unwed young women. The unwed post-pubescent girl is lured away by hypnotism, little gifts, and sweet words never to be seen again. Duendes can be heard laughing in the deep forest, but also take time out to visit schools and homes of rural villages. In Paraguay and northeastern Argentina, parents warn their children to stay asleep during siestas, for the Yasi Yatere comes a calling. This diminutive being entices children into the forest with his enchanting whistle, only to abandon them shortly thereafter. Children taken by the Yasi Yatere return mute and dazed, a state only remedied by baptism. Another legend doesn't explicitly talk about child theft, but nonetheless touches upon European changeling motifs, appearing as a large snake-like creature, the Jerakaka, Sling, uh, this is blah, 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 blah. Not Caca. talking about so never mind. <laughs> well, we're going to have to get into a big dick swing contest tonight, so mm-hmm. let me lay on you what I got. <clears throat> so, a duende is a creature somewhat like a human from Iberia, Latin American, and Filipino folklore. The Spanish term duende originated as a contraction of the phrase duende de casa or duende de casa, possessor of a house. Hey, you just and said was the origin- same word. <laughs> It's Dueno. Dueno de Casa or Duen de Casa. Yeah, there you go. Possessor of a house. Wait, it hold was originally. On, hold on. That, so, like, otherwise known as possessor of a house. So, that's basically what it, what it means. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The he just, like, it just made it sound like he said or, or you know. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah you got, we, we, we got this. We got the giggles out. We got it. We yeah. Got it. And was originally conceptualized as a mischievous spirit inhabiting a home. The Windays may also have some traits similar to goblins and kobolds, if you're of the D&D, you know, whatever. Fucking nerds. Anyways, the word is often considered to be the Spanish and Portuguese equivalent to the English word of spirit, or the Japanese word yokai, and is used as an umbrella term for any fairy-like being such as goblins, pixies, and elves. So that's they why believe- that video game is called that. There's a Japanese Nintendo game franchise called Yokai Watch. And oh, wow. it's about like yeah. I'm, what I'm assuming is like a watch, kind of like a Pokemon thing, and you collect them. And then it's yo- the yokai are these like little, they're usually disguised as like little creatures, goblins, pixies, elves, shit like that. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Cool. Huh. Yeah. Thanks for teaching me, Preston. Explain it to me that's, like I'm five. And that's what I'm here games. for, bro. Yeah. I got to dumb it down for Steve. Yeah, Anyways, <laughs> they're believed to be of a small statue wearing big hats, whistling a, a mystical song, 
while walking in the forest. Using their talent, they are believed to lure young girls and boys to the forest, causing them to lose their way home. Pepito. Miss Missing 411? Or does it get creepier? Or just Ooh. creepy pedos. Bringing yeah. it all around town. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, in Hispanic folklore of Mexico and the American Southwest, the Wendays are known as gnome-like creatures who live inside the walls of homes, especially in the bedrooms, uh, bedroom walls of young children. They attempt to clip the toenails of unkempt children, often leading to the mistaken removal of the entire toe. So what? keep that, yeah, keep that shit clean. I call bullshit on That's that. Fuck, That's man. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like your kid wakes up screaming, like, "Why are you missing a toe?" Uh, El Duende got me. Well, you know that was just your so, uncle. Uh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they are also known for taking items from young children. They have also been able to barter with the mother of the young child so that they can take the child and have them to eat. They appear at night when children are at play with a ball and watch the child and later make their appearance and confront the children. On the flip side of that, in some Latin American cultures, the Duendes are believed to be the helper of people who get lost in the forest so they could find their way home. In the folklore of Central American country of Belize, particularly amongst the country's African-Caribbean descendants, Creoles, and Garfana populations, Duendes are thought of as forest spirits called Tata Duende, or those who lack thumbs. <laughs> you ain't got no thumbs. Oh. Yeah. I had a cat we called uh, Peach, and her daddy, Tim, our buddy, called Thumbs because it had six digits on each front paw. Like it had that. extra thumbs. Yeah, little Peachy Peach had thumbs, yeah. too. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of fun little anecdotes like that one I just said, I picked up a story here from Reddit from user Dreadful Wish, and the header here is Duende Gnome Little People Encounters. And they said, first post here, but lately I've been meaning to share a story about Duendes, which are trolls or elves. My family's from El Salvador, which is a country in Central America, and they have always believed in folk tales from their country. Recently, my grandmother shared to me her father's story about the encounter of a duende named Pascal. When my great-grandpa was young, he and his father heard from a local town of a girl who had a boyfriend who was a duende. According to most legends, these duendes used to be attracted to little girls. Pedo! Yeah. And they would follow them all around and give them gifts. The mother of the girl said that one night she heard somebody snoring, which sounded like a loud man. And when she went to her daughter's room, she asked who it was, and her daughter said it was Pascal. Next to her. Is that a popular said... name? Pascal? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> like every time I ever hear it, it's always like in a movie or a game or a book or something, and the person's always fucked up. Oh, yeah, just like uh, this Pet cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. It was Pac-Scal. Yeah. Danny was Pac-Scal. <laughs> it's so weird. Great movie. Annoying little girl. Yeah. Fuck. So, listeners, if you know anybody of that name, please write in or call in and let us know that that's Are a they horribly person. disfigured? Yeah, and ask them if they have, uh, if, if they're missing thumbs and if they are, in fact, a Duende. It's said that only children can see these creatures. 
When my great-grandpa and his dad heard of this, they decided to visit the girl and her family since they were close friends. When they got to the girl, there was a report of some mules that had gone missing, and the girl said that Pascal did it. This brought an uproar in the small Pueblo, and they all asked the girl where Pascal was. The girl led everyone to a local tree with a small carving of a window, and to their surprise that there was where he lived. Before anybody said anything, they heard something from the tree say, I know why you're here. Duendes are known to be very wise and smart. He knew that the people were there because he stole their mules. The villagers asked at what cost they could get their mules back, and the Duende replied, Give thirty cents to the girl. The girl then proceeded to take offerings from all the villagers in town. A few seconds later, the mules came walking down from the woods without anybody leading them. Further down the line, the little Duende, I'm sorry, the little Duende caused another problem, and no one knew where he was. The girl replied that he was in Paris, and he was coming back soon. What a little bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, a few days later, around the tree, there were some articles that the Duende had brought back, such as expensive perfume, gold chains. Later on that day, it was said that the girl couldn't have a boyfriend anymore because the Duende would get jealous and wouldn't let her. My grandma told me that Duendes are actually not evil, and they protect people. At most, they're just little pranksters. Yeah, Bastards. Grandma, you're being gaslit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, these little bastards sound terrible. Uh, Except for their chains. Fast. We all want right. ice. Little two chains Pascal here. <laughs> it's quite fascinating knowing that a different... Sp- it's quite... I just picture a gnome with two chains, sorry, and a grill. <laughs> it's quite fascinating knowing a different perspective of these creatures, mainly because people think they're all entirely evil. In my wife's country, they also have Duende, but spelled Duende, D-U-W-E-N-D-E, and they come in various colors that represent their personality. So far, she has told me about black, green, red, and white Duende, She's from the Philippines. Wait, so in the Philippines they have they have different colors of duende. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know why? Seems a little racist. Because she's in the Philippines. Why it's like the same and only you know spelt a little bit different because of our Spanish overlords that left their influences all over the place. That right? The Spaniards got around everywhere. They got to to the Philippines. They got to Central America. They got to South America. And everywhere they went, they took these little bastards with them. So (laughs) So they're basically the STDs of cryptids. Yeah, pretty much. The Chamorro people tell tales of a Tawatawamonas uh, Duendes and other spirits. Duende, according to the Chamorro English Dictionary by Donald Topping, Pedro Ogo, and Bernadita Dunca, is a goblin elf ghost or spook in the form of a dwarf, a mischievous spirit which hides or takes small children. Some Filipinos believe the Duende, which frequently lives in rocks and caves, old trees, unvisited and dark parts of houses or in the hills, where they are called Nuno Sapunso, or Old Man of the Mound, are categorized as good or evil, and like Sean said, depending on the color, white, black, um, and respectively often play with the children. So they might not take them, they just want to toss the ball back and forth. 
<laughs> They're just bored, that's all. Yeah. Uh, small interjection here. I veto any Spanish accent for tonight's episode because it's highly offensive. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to be doing anything because it come across as a very, very uh, horrible, speedy slope has an impression, so we're just not going to do it. <laughs> that's okay with you guys. I don't take it away. Do your best. Okay. <laughs> Give me something, baby. Do not go into the bush to cut firewood, nor look for coconut husks, or Del Dueño de Monte will get you. So this was a common threat in the 1940s and 50s for moms uh, to use when they needed uh, their children at home for some chores rather than going out to the bush. El Dueño de Monte was another name given to El Duende. Those who saw him said he was about three feet tall and wore a wide brim hat. Sometimes he wore a red hat and animal skins for clothing. Dad said that the El Duende protected the animals in the bush and would get very angry when little boys kill little birds without reason. Bob said one could kill a bird if he would eat it, but to shoot one with a slingshot just to prove one at a time was wrong. You know, interjection here real quick. Yeah. (laughs) My my dad had kind of the same rules growing up for me when I was a kid because we like lived out in the country. So when like when he gave me like my first like twenty two or like a bow and arrow, he was like, you know, you can practice at like uh you know, like archery, whatever you want to call them, like the dummies. Um, but if I find you killing like a crow, a bird, whatever it is, he's like, You're gonna fucking eat it. So don't go fucking shooting like an animal just for the fun of it. And to this day, I've never shot a living animal because I don't want to eat crow. Because I still feel like my 80-year-old dad's going to pop up and be like, eat it, motherfucker. Is that the same reason you haven't shot a human? You don't want to eat a human? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Like, One Your more dad you shoot up. guns, boys, but you're going to have more. Right. <laughs> Anything yeah. you shoot, one time you shoot. <laughs> yeah. One time Preston shoots a squirrel, his dad pops up, covered in bees, <laughs> with that bullet hole in his uh, army helmet. Yeah. You eat oh, damn it, I told you! <laughs> you gotta eat, boy. Uh, so El Dueño de Monte would basically be the possessor of the mount, or mound, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, El Duende was a daytime creature and would roam the bush and watch you mysteriously, like who's you know who's watching the watchers, um, if you were killing animals. Sometimes El Duende would get tired and then sit at the foot of the tree and fall asleep. He would transform himself into red clay. Anyone spotting it would uh, think it was some Maya artifact, but if you took it home, he would escape during the night. You could bet your sweet lip that if we found a clay figurine in the bush... We would not even touch it. So, what happened? <laughs> what is the sweet Duende lip? Caught... What does that mean? <laughs> you can bet your sweet lip. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I mean, your lips, man. Yeah. You bet your sweet lip. But if Preston like knows like this, the... I could totally see him saying ass. <laughs> right, but lips. this... This is like, uh, you know, from like... Your booty uh, lips. You four, know. 40, 50... You know, uh, Spanish folklore. So they say your sweet lip instead of your sweet ass. That's cool. Are we sure? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so what would happen if the Duende caught you in the bush? Well, he would take you to his dwellings, which was a spot deeper in the woods, probably a cave. Sounds but so there funny. was a way to escape him, all right? He only mm. had four fingers and no thumb, like I said earlier. So <laughs> if. 
surprised by him, you could hide your thumb in the palm of your hand, and he would think you were one of his, and he would let you well, leave hello, unharmed. Well, hello, I'm just a Duende, too. Yeah. Oh, you got four fingers? I got four fingers. Get the fuck out. In this respect, El Duende was just like the Sismito, another folklore character in San Pedro. Most of the evil characters were scared away if you made the sign of the cross with sticks or even with your fingers, but El Duende was not an evil character, so he's not scared away by the cross. In fact, El Duende was a friendly character and only punished you if you shot those fucking crows um, with a, a BB gun, right? So don't hurt those animals, goddammit. He would be freak. Oh. <laughs> El Duende would say three Hail Marys and then kick your ass. That's right. <laughs> He would be frequently no, spotted, especially lip. Right, you bet your sweet <laughs> your fucking sweet ass lips. lips. Yeah, <laughs> bet your sweet that. fucking ass lips. Oh, oh god. Anyways, he would be frequently spotted, especially during the Lenten season and especially on Good Fridays. El Duende was identified by a piercing whistling, and that was also his weakness. Anyone whistling in the bush was a target of an attack by him. That is why Dad used to say. Never whistle while you're in the bus, or you will be calling Duende to attack you. Twenty-five. I bet your dad never whistled while he was in the bush. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Twenty-five years ago, if anyone saw a strange man in the village and he would ask you to follow him, you can bet your sweet ass lips that no one did <laughs> for fear that he could be the infamous Duende. <laughs> It's time for Tales of Duende Encounters. Many years ago in Belize, near Guatemala, we rented a hut. In the middle of the night, my friend wakes up to see some small being glowing reddish with a huge nose and feathers coming out of its head. It had a grass-type shirt on and pointed teeth. This thing was floating above me while I was sleeping. He jumped up and flew out the window. Later, this local Maya man said it was a Duende. I always wondered why it was looking at me. Wondered if anyone else seen this. Anyway, it was 30 years ago. Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, mm -hmm. I was sitting here on my phone and I was thinking, who do I know that's Filipino? And of course, our buddy Spooner. So oh, yeah. he's actually on the phone right now with a story about the Duende. If you guys would want to interview, shut the fuck up. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, he's on the video chat. What? All right, phone a friend. <laughs> so Chris, yeah, you won't be able to hear him, or you won't be uh -huh. able to hear them. But um, so what I'll do is, if you just want to tell your story of what your mom or your grandma or whatever was talking about it, and then Absolutely. and then uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully the audio picks it up just great. All right, let me just go to uh, another room in my house real quick. Okay. And and if you if you screw up and you start over whatever it's okay that's the power of editing. We'll we'll, we'll make it work. Just tell me when to go. All right, you're good, dude. All right. So um yep. like the duende is like the keeper of the forest, right? So when like my mom was telling me when she was little and they were like out in the field or you know out in the woods or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to like take a piss in the woods. Like, anywhere they had to go pee, if they go to a tree, they had to be like, excuse me, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm sorry, because they don't want to piss on the Duende's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
you know, so they're all like, if they go in the woods, they'll be like, excuse me, I'm going to pee here, I'm going to pee here, I'm sorry. <laughs> and like, sometimes if they get like a streak of bad luck, that way, that means like the duende, they had pissed off a duende somewhere. So like, they would leave like food and offerings, you know, <laughs> at the door to wow. appease like the duende. Yeah, and, that, uh, that's when crazy. I was, when I was 16, I went back home to the Philippines for like the first time since I was little. And I was in my room at night, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I felt like something was looking at me. Uh-huh. And like looking around the room, my eyes adjusted to the darkness, and I see something in the corner of my room. And I thought it was like one of my cousins, like one of my little cousins, because uh-huh. they were always like, they were just so fascinated with, like they ain't never seen an American before. <laughs> and plus, you know? is one of your, does one of your cousins look like a Duende? Let's be honest. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> one of them dark Filipinos, like... You know, he went to dark jungle Filipinos. So, <laughs> so like, I'm looking and I'm like, Jadel, get the hell out of my room. It's, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And then I look and it's like a, it's like an old man. Like, a, it's like an old dude in my room, but he's like what? small, like a, like smaller than a midget. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, so oh creepy. shit, you're not Jadel, right? And I freaked out. But like, you know, what am I going to do? So I pulled the fucking covers over my head like a goddamn five-year-old. <laughs> And uh, in the Philippines, like, well, where my family is, you sleep under what they call uh, Colombo, the mosquito net, because, like, the windows don't have screens on them, uh-huh. so you don't want to be uh, eaten up by mosquitoes. So I got, I'm under this, like, net um, that's over my bed, so I'm, like, peeking out from the covers and shit to see, like, if he's still there, and, like, I look out from the side of the covers, and I shit you not, this thing is like one foot away from my fucking face oh, and like Jesus. bro it was the scariest shit I've ever seen well, like, it was right it was like a foot away from my face and it had features like a man but like a prime example it looked like Hoggle from the fucking <laughs> that's awesome I love Hoggle yeah and I like you know and I, it, I freaked out I screamed and it uh you know actually jumped out through the window uh huh it freaked me out, and I told my family about it, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like, so everybody got up, and put rice and shit outside for the fucking Monday and shit. Give him treats. <laughs> That's so with, with with his like with his face, what did his like nose like bulbous and like all old and wrinkly and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. It- like that's the best way I could describe it. It looked like Hoggle, like yeah. just how the, the features are like, over exaggerated, like, you know, big nose, big ears, like the wow, cheeks are dude. very like. That's so. Yeah. That's so insane, man. What a great story, Holy dude. Shit, dude. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, the Philippines is crazy. I've seen. I've seen a lot of shit over there. You know, as far as like supernatural and crazy, just shit goes over there, yeah, man. That's it's awesome. Well, dude, you, you need to send us. You need to send us some more stories, man. That stuff's awesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna go. I gotta put this boy boy to bed. It's yeah, midnight. He is not going. So I gotta try to get him. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, the COVID. Tell him Duende is gonna get him. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You better yeah, tell you. Yeah, you better tell Dean that Duende is gonna get him. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I I really Jeez, I really appreciate amazing. you sharing that with us, man. Hey, anytime, brother, man. I love the podcast, man. Keep it up, bro. All right, appreciate it, dude. Take it easy, man. Yeah, man. Peace.
that was fucking Steve, cool. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If anybody ever wondered why we keep Steve around, it's for the moments like this when he just really knocks out gold. Because <laughs> like I muted the mic and I was like, all right, I'm gonna me- I'm gonna message him. And so I was like, I sent him a voicemail because I didn't want to type. I was like, I was like, hey, Chris. Um, so we're talking. We're doing the podcast we're talking about Duende, and apparently it's a Philippines like cryptid monster or whatever. And I mean, I kind of got to pull the race card here, man. So can you can you give us a call? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you yeah, know, problem. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's a dude. great dude. Holy so. crap! And because wow. it was over the phone, it automatically has that sound effect. So it's yeah, like right. Easy I don't have to put any filters on yeah. there. So, yeah. so hopefully, um, hopefully, how's it comes everybody's good on the recording? Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, dude. Oh my god, Texas has uh, too. Guests have reported encountering uh, them usually at nighttime. I've experienced multiple times uh, counselors, even while friends were visiting, it has spoken dark, mischievous things to us in English, why shadows, smoggy substances scattered and traveled the room along with making of sounds that seem to travel through the directions instead of even a sound wave. God damn, unlike anything earthly, I say. <laughs> So when I was younger, I used to see these things, and I always wondered why they would be up against the wall. It's because they lived in there, and they used to talk to me and told my parents they couldn't help, and then I should kill myself. It was crazy. What the fuck? Jesus. I'm fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty screwed up, man. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Uh, that's a, a real stark story from the rest of them right there, Steve. Uh, have one of those tell you to kill yourself. But it's funny that you mentioned that because I did some digging of my own. And it turns out there's actually three different types of Duendes. Now, I didn't step on your toes, right, Preston? You didn't research this part? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet, cool. So first up, you have the Trinity, which is a rather annoying but not so evil Duende from the Canterbarian mythology. These are very hard to find because they actually live deep in the woods, wearing leaves and roots and moss as clothing and camouflaged like a Navy SEAL. It's said they have a bad habit of pranking people constantly, and their favorite prank is pulling up a woman's skirt and pinching their calves and then running away, running away to hide in the forest. Hey, baby. <laughs> and although they're known as being annoying pranksters, they also help people who are in need as well, like children or the elderly. And if you want to please a Trenty, you just feed them plums or corn. But shall you ever, never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, give them water to drink? Because it's poisonous, just like chocolate is to dogs. The second type of Duende is the... <laughs> it's too easy, guys. Come on. <laughs> the Tardo. The second type of Duende is the Tardo. Another <laughs> Duende from Spain. That belongs to the Galician mythology. At first glance, one may not think it's too much of a menace. After all, the Tardo is just a small, greenish, round, black-eyed creature wearing old clothes and a red cap. But upon a closer look, Preston, it's possible to notice an impressive set of sharp teeth in its mouth and a small knife in its hand and a not-so-cool tendency to make people's lives miserable. I'm thinking this is what Spooner saw. Yeah, but one of our other friends also um, said that he woke up with something Holy similar. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the Tardo lives under the ground and... <laughs> Jesus, the fucking name. I know. I can't. I, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I, should, I, I should pronounce it the Tardo. Yeah. 
<laughs> the tar, though, lives under the ground, and when the night comes, they like to make people suffer by sitting over their chest while they sleep, causing horrible nightmares. Total Please. total story that we just heard from one of our, one of our friends. It had yeah, a knife. Man. It was sitting on his chest. Yeah, that happened to Rob, dude. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Jesus. Wow. They also love making people get disoriented during a journey. But fortunately for us, it's quite easy to protect yourself against the devilish creature known as the Tartho. You get a bunch of grain and you put it in a bowl. And then you leave the bowl of grain alone. That's it. The Tartho cannot help but try to count things, even though it's only known to count to a hundred. I think that was covered in Thieves in the Night, too, by another Fey folk, where you just knock over a bowl of berries. They're like, oh, shit, one, two, three. Yeah, and, and we, uh, we covered that on uh, our Christmas episode, the Kili Kantaros, which was a um, Greek uh, little imp, like a hell imp, that came out once a year on Christmas. Uh-huh. And if you threw seeds out of your door, like it had to sit there and count the seeds, and it got so busy counting the seeds, it couldn't wreak havoc in your house. Hmm. Oh, I like that trade-off. It's a hell imp, but it's also OCD. Yeah. But with the grains, that so that's why when Spooner was talking about his family put out the rice, that's why. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jeez, that's that's really fucking cool. Here's what Kinda I like. Creepy, I like the fact honestly. that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's cool is, it. like, we researched all this primarily probably by, you know, American folklore... Um, websites and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So to hear somebody actually in the Philippines who can actually contest that, yes, this actually happens, that's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And the third and final duende is the Maracinho, the duende from the Portuguese mythology, more specifically from the region of Conselho de Chaves that lives in an old Roman-like castle structure called a castros, or in small dark caves and tunnels under villages. They usually mind their own business and will not prank or make you suffer in any way. They're very small, and as every good duende, have a wrinkled face. Their eyes are bright and full of life, and their ears are large, and instead of hands, they actually have a pair of claws. People usually consider them smart creatures that can easily hide in any circumstance, being able to fit in almost any place, which is quite the handy skill when you're not a fan of being seen. Almost reminds me of house elves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to kind of bring it around to Spooner's story here. (laughs) So, back to more folklore. Many stories about gold objects of great monetary value circulates in the villages of the Sierra. They include figures such as the old man Machu and the goblins, both of whom are guardians of secret treasures and curses luck and fortune from time to time they may give happiness to anyone who is searching or who by chance runs into one of them it is said that the goblins and machu live in uh, huacas or caves where they protect their treasures so i come across this little story and i thought it was really good 50 years ago People could build anywhere, whether it was on soft or rocky soil. It was enough to have a little bit of gunpowder and dynamite to be able to break up rocks and start with the construction. People found hidden riches under the rocks, though all this came with curses. Those who found these riches did not live long enough to enjoy them. It was more their children and their families who benefited. It is said that one villager named Bernardo... um, 
who engaged in agriculture along with his two sons and his wife, as is the tradition um, so often. There were fiestas where you can enjoy food and drink. The whole town was in a fiesta, and after drinking a lot, Bernardo wanted to go to the bathroom. Uh-oh. They did just that. They pissed in the open air, and one of Bernardo's friends left the party and went into the rocks to urinate. After a moment, Bernardo so left and was surprised to see that his friend was being dragged to the bottom of a hole that had opened up in the earth. He did not hesitate to help. He pulled with all of his strength to help his friend and finally managed to get him out when suddenly the earth closed. He returned with his friend to the party and left him to rest. They did not tell other people anything so they would not panic. Bernardo went out again to see what it was exactly. From afar, he saw a creature that looked like a human. It was an enraged goblin who was now caught since he was now being watched. The Duende suddenly turned around and ran into Bernardo, and then a hole opened up into the ground and the goblin escaped, leaving behind his treasure. What happened was is that the rock... Um, in that rock lived the goblin, and when the man urinated on it, the goblin had become enraged and wanted to take the pissing man to his cave, a person <laughs> who had done such a foul offense. Bernardo was left with the treasure and never heard of the goblin again. In this way, many people fear encountering these figures and take care that no one harms the huacas and stones they possess in their villages. Now, the vijitos, the old folks in western Honduras, especially in Copan Ruines, tell of beings called El Duende the Goblin. El Duende is referred to as an evil being. It is said that he is a little dark-skinned man, a very short stature, always dressed in an elegant green suit, and is always wearing a big hat or a sombrero. It is said that (laughs) yeah, little pimp. (laughs) It is said that the duende only appears to single women, either on remote roads to rural villages, underneath the nances of trees, or when women are alone in their houses. The vejitos in Copan, such as Don Felipe Aldana, who is of Mayan descent, tell that the duende is an emirado, a playboy who offers many gifts and wealth to the girls so that they go away with him. If a girl does not recognize the the Duende and accepts anything he has to offer, she will then remain enchanted by his evil powers of the Duende. It is said that because of the tricks of the Duende, some girls have become mute and even mentally impaired. If the girls do not pay attention to the Duende, then he chases them about. He throws little rocks uh, to their windows at night, and also throws cow shit on them. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is said that if the Duende appears to the girl, the best thing that she can do is to remain calm, to act in a friendly way, and when the Duende offers wealth to her, the girl must ask him to bring her something impossible. The most common thing is to ask the Duende to bring a basket filled with water from a river, as it is impossible to fill a basket with water, the Duende will disappear due to the frustration, and he will never return to bother the girl who requests such a gift <laughs> from him. In Copan Ruines, families used to sit on the curb in front of their houses in the evenings to converse between family members or with neighbors. 
Once when I was very little, I was sitting on the sidewalk with my family as usual, and suddenly there was a blackout, and the town was shrouded in darkness. After a while, one of the neighbors came shouting that we should go inside the house, close the door, and we should be careful not to open the door to anyone, because the Duende had appeared to a girl in the town. Mm. It is because of cases like this that the Vijitos do not like when young girls walk by themselves in the streets or when they spend time alone in their houses for fear that the duende will appear to them. Wow. Weird. Yeah. And now, even more tales of duende encounters. My name is Ricky, and I'm originally from Peru, so please forgive my grammar. Here is my story about the time my brother and I saw Duende. When I was about six or seven years old, I had trouble sleeping at night, and I clearly remembered that eerie feeling that there was someone in my room, watching me really close, but I didn't see anything. Of course, that is until the day I finally did. My older brother used to sleep with me in the same room on the separate bed across from each other. Man, this is the longest on-running sentence ever. <laughs> yeah, have fun being that Australian from Peru. Yeah. <laughs> in the bedroom, there was just the two beds and one dresser for the both of us, as one long, big window, and no door that faced the dining room. I know that is a weird house layout, but just remember, this is Peru, and we don't care much about architectural design. Anyways, this night was different. I could not sleep and felt really scared and paranoid. I knew there was something in my room watching me, and then I looked through the doorway, and there it was. This really short entity, about three feet high, kind of chubby, wearing some kind of monk clothing. Kind of dope. Its face mm -hmm. was totally dark, almost like a black void. It didn't face me and walked really slow toward my dining room table. And in the moment, I got up real slowly and woke up my brother and told him that it was going on. He got up. This is all one sentence. He got up, and I got <laughs> into bed with me. Wait. He, he got up and got into bed with me, uh -huh. and we both saw it. He froze for a moment in disbelief. I guess we both did, and watched the thing out of the view for a moment. I walked to the back of the dining room and played with my brother's science project that my brother left on the dining room table. <laughs> what? <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> oh, thank God there's a volcano here. Yeah. Yeah. But one day, turned it on and off about three times, and after that... It came back into view and got behind a chair, and then it looked at us for maybe five seconds, but we couldn't see its face because the monk hood wearing over its head, it looked just like the Jawa characters from Star Wars, but the clothing was white. After that, the Duende grabbed the chair really tight, bringing it closer and closer to its chest and leaning on top of the chair and then started morphing before our very eyes, and it transformed into a pair of pants. Space pants. Just space pants. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> just fucking pants? <laughs> Pants. Oh, it's fucking great. It's, oh, they see me. Pants. <laughs> it's, it's like what we do in the shadows. Bat. Yeah. No it's, it's like pants. No shit. After about 10 minutes, my brother went to investigate, and there it was just a pair of pants. We didn't sleep the whole night. We waited for my mom to wake up in the morning and asked her about the pants, and she said, Yes, I leave a pair of pants for your dad. Every night on the top of that chair. You just noticed? We couldn't believe it. I knew what I saw. My brother saw it too. Anyways, we told my mother and surprisingly, I think she believed us. Because year, er, because after a couple of weeks, we got baptized. From what I heard, this keeps the Duendes away. I guess they don't like the Catholic kids. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I hope you liked it. This is my story, 100% real. My brother and I talk about it sometimes. And we still get a little freaked out. I'll work better on my run-on sentences. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, Peruvian Australians are not known for punctuation. Yeah, there you go. Uh. This happened to me about uh, four years ago. Uh, shit, I was coming home from work one day, and it was around 6, uh, 6.30. And uh, here in Canada in the winter months, it's nighttime at that point. Anyways, I was driving home, streetlights are on, and nothing unusual except that as I was leaving work, I saw what looked like to me uh, a little boy in my rearview mirror. I'd say about 50 feet behind me in the middle of a parking lot. Kind of strange, but I didn't pay any attention to it. And as I was driving home, I saw the same kid. And at that point, I thought it was a different kid, maybe. I don't know, about three blocks from where my work is. And he was just staring at me as I drove by. I had a slight chill, and I tried not to think much about it because it was creepy. I only live about seven (laughs) minutes away from my work, so it didn't take me long to get back home. I didn't see him again until I was about two blocks away. This time, he was under a street lamp, so I got a better look at this kid, and to my surprise, it was not a kid at all. Oh, in Mexico, we call these creatures duendes, and they are usually small fairy-like creatures with the appearance of an old man. Their heights do vary, but I myself have never seen one to be the size of a child. Shit. He looked exactly like an old man, and as I drove past him, about to turn the corner, I was freaking out at this point, and I... I just wanted to get home. This this thing, God, was following me. And I was on the approach to turn the last corner of my house. And there the little fucker was again. So I slammed on my brakes because there it was right in front of my car just crossing the street. It looked up, to, uh, it looked up at me like he was walking past my car and gave me the most evil grin I'd ever seen. I was about ready to run him over with my car, but I just froze in place. And as soon as he was on the other side of the street, I gunned it home but i took one final glance at that little motherfucker in my rearview mirror to see if he was still behind me but it was gone it wasn't on the other side of the street or anything i didn't care because i was frightened i got home i got out of my car i looked around to see if it was nearby i was fortunate enough not to see it again but i i I made sure to lock or to look down the street both ways before getting into my house i got in i locked the doors closed the curtain and tried to forget what I saw. Even my wife knew something had spooked me. I didn't tell her till the following day. I, I didn't want to scare her at that time. Oh, I hope I don't see it again. You sound like Tully from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis is who I picture telling those stories. <laughs> Yo, my grandmother told my dad and his siblings about a story. My grandmother had told her about his encounter with the supernatural. This was an intimate story of my grandmother and my grandfather because he thought she'd be the only one to believe him. When my grandpa was 19, his cousins and him decided to go to the hillside to hunt deer. The hills were almost forest-like with big trees and bushes everywhere. This was back in the outskirts of a small town an hour away from the closest city of Guadalajara, Mexico. <laughs> it would be a Jersey guy to fuck up the name. Right. You know, fucking Guajahara. <laughs> there were many supernatural tales of people encountering supernatural experiences in small, isolated towns in Mexico. The hunt became. God, I'm fucking mixing the two ones. The hunt began in the morning. <laughs> my grandmother and his, my grandpa and his cousins had to move through the big bushes and trees and silent steps with the rifles to hopefully hunt a deer. 
They decided that they will space out and hopefully find a deer when they intersect in the middle of the forest. My grandpa is moving slowly when he hears some rustling a couple of feet ahead of him or something. He follows this noise and makes his way through a big bush and expects a deer. But instead, he finds three fucking elves. You believe this shit? The three elves are laughing. <laughs> three fucking elves. <laughs> the three elves are laughing. Uh, the three elves are laughing hysterically at him and my grandpa. Phil's is... Or the three the three elves are laughing at him hysterically, and my grandpa feels as though he lost control of his body. One of the elves began to move his finger in a circular motion, which causes my grandpa to do flips. Holy shit. The elves laugh at him and continue to make him do absurd things, such as making him fall, making him run into a tree and fall. At one point, my grandpa loses consciousness after shitting his pants. He wakes up <laughs> he wakes up to his two cousins shouting at him to wake up. My grandpa is dazed and confused, but tells his cousins about the elves. They don't believe him. They ask him where he'd go because they were looking for him for hours. My grandpa is confused. He doesn't understand what had happened. A year after the incident, my grandpa has a dream. In his dream, he encounters the three elves again. The three elves apologize to him and feel bad about taunting and fucking with him in the forest. They tell him that they didn't want to make him up by granting him one wish. The catch is that he'll need to find a very special tree in a town at midnight, and they tell him he'll know where it is. My grandfather, not being the tree hugger, wakes up and, and can't believe that he was what he just dreamt. He having a hard time distinguishing reality from dreams. Later that day, he thinks about where this tree can be, and to his surprise, he knows where it is. The tree belongs to his cousin and is the only tree of its kind in the town. That night, my grandpa calls his cousin to make sure if it's this tree in the dream, and it is. Midnight hits, but my grandfather never went. He stayed home that night, and that was the last time the elves ever made contact with him. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. He could have got a badass wish. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> I feel so lame just not doing a fucking... You got to ham it up, dude. Something. You got to get that fucking yeah. podcast Oscar, dude. We're yeah. the big leagues now. We, we get recognized up. on the streets. Yeah. Jesus. Street cred boys. I don't want to be I don't want to be fucking stoned on the street by people throwing rocks at us. <laughs> street cred boys. Growing up with a Mexican grandmother in Southern California, I grew up listening to tales of El Diablo and Fantasmas, which is the devil and ghosts. Most notably, La Llorona, the spirit of a woman who lost her children and wanders nights looking for kids to claim her as her own. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> My family would use this story as a way to make sure the kids wouldn't be out late at night. I also grew up hearing about duendes or gnomes, though not just from my abuela. My grandmother would tell stories of duendes playing tricks on people in the forest. She told a story that she once saw as a child. Growing up, I would go to large family gatherings, the kind where everybody is an uncle or an aunt or a cousin, even if they really weren't. So at one of those family gatherings, I must have been around 15 years old at the time, and there was a large group of younger cousins. The group consisted of about six or so female cousins, ranging from 5 to 12 years old. You would always see them playing together, always smiling and always happy. So at this particular family gathering, I noticed the oldest one, I'll call her Jackie, off in the corner watching as the other cousins played. She had a despondent look on her face, which I had never seen. So I asked her what was the matter, and she'd shake her head. I left her alone for a while, and later on, she approached me and said that she could tell me, but I wouldn't believe her, but I told her I'd try my best. She appeared almost scared to me. 
So her story goes that she saw duendes creep into her room that she shared with her younger sister. She said she saw four duendes come into her room from her open window, climb up her dresser, take something, and then leave. I'm sure she gave other details, but it's been too long to remember. I'd love to ask her now as an adult, but it's been years since I'd seen or heard of her. At 15, my first impression was that she was making this all up, but I found it strange that she would lie. I found the way that she told me strange. This girl seemed genuinely scared of the experience that she said she had. The next story I had heard, when I was around 18 years old, from my best friend's mom, who grew up in Bolivia, close to the jungle. She said that as a little girl, she was lured into the jungle by being put into a trance-like state by the Duendes. She remembers feeling that the Duendes wanted to play with her, so she followed them towards the jungle. And she only snapped out of the trance by her younger sister, who grabbed her before entering the thick jungle. This was an honest woman, well into her fifties, who said things as they were. Now my last story comes from a good friend of mine, who I believe to be honest, with a good head on her shoulders. It's my girlfriend, actually. The story she told me comes from the Philippines. She told me a few other stories that might relate to cryptozoology, but I may wait for another post. Oh, this must be from Reddit. Mm-hmm. So about ten years ago, she visited the Philippines, and while staying at her aunt's house, she noticed her younger cousin behaving oddly. She mentioned to her aunt, who told her that her cousin plays with the Duendes. They also call them Duendes in the Philippines. When asking her cousin, who was around seven years old, about the Duendes, she told her that they would play with them out near the bushes. She told her the Duendes would get mad if she refused to play with them. They would at times hold her back from returning to her house when her mother called, but they wanted to continue playing with her, so they hurt her at times. The aunt confirmed that she had seen them and had been trying to figure out a way to shield her daughter from the Duendes. My girlfriend's aunt told her recently that if she asked her daughter about it now, she wouldn't recall anything. Perhaps due to the trauma of those experiences, but who knows. So one final note to leave you with. <clears throat> this was taken from Mike O'Cremo's Forbidden Archaeology, which is a book I actually own and it's got a bunch of weird shit in it, but I was surprised <laughs> to, to have found this in it. So people in Belize formerly British Honduras, speak of semi-human creatures called the Windis, which inhabit the jungles in the southern part of their country. The Dewindai come from the Spanish word Dewinde, meaning goblins. Ivan Sanderson, who conducted research in Belize, wrote, Dozens of people told me of having uh, seen them, and they were mostly men of substance who had worked for responsible organizations like the Forestry Department, and who had, in several cases, been schooled or trained either in Europe or the United States. One, a junior forestry officer born locally, described in great detail two of these little creatures that he had suddenly noticed quietly watching him on several occasions at the edge of the forestry reserve, near the foot of the Maya Mountains. These little folk were described as being between three foot six and four foot six well-proportioned, but very heavy shoulders and rather long arms, clothed in tight, thick, close brown hair, looking like that of a short-coated dog, having very flat, yellowish faces, but had uh, head hair no longer than that uh, body hair except down the back of the neck and mid-back. 
The Duendes appear to represent a species different from the large Sasquatch of the Pacific Northwest or North America. And if listeners would go back to uh, the man who big up or blew up Bigfoot episode, um, <laughs> that description of, uh, you know, having uh, short matted hair, yellow faces, you know, long arms sounds like the rock apes of Vietnam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Most of Sanderson's informa- uh, informants told him that the Duendes carried what appeared to be dried palm leaves or some kind of large hat-like object over their heads. Sanderson observed the following. This at first sounds like the silliest thing, but when one, but when one has heard of it uh, from highly educated men as well as from simple peasants, and all over an area as great as that from Pitan to Nicaragua, one begins to wonder... There are many Mayan uh, base reliefs that show pairs of tiny little men with big hats but no clothes, standing among the trees and amid the vast legs of demigods, priests, and warriors. They are also much smaller than the peasants, bearing gifts to the temples. So, what are they? Bigfoots, goblins, elves, or thieves in the night? Hell yeah, man. El Duende. Yeah. I like it. Well, who knows if we're going to shut the book on Thieves in the Night this time around, if we're going to leave it cracked open. Maybe we'll have Thieves in the Night Part 17, <laughs> like the Cryptid Encounters. But yeah, good job, Presto. That was awesome, yeah. man. And uh, and a huge shout out to Chris, who called in with that surprise story. Uh, I want to hear more stories. Yeah. Um, here's something kind of cool, too. Um, in the U.S., of course, you know, we have gnomes and lawn gnomes and whatnot. Um, he mentioned how, you know, you're not supposed to take a piss outside without apologizing. Um, there's kind of a similar deal with the folklore of lawn gnomes where if you're out and about, you know, in the backyard or in the forest, you're not supposed to kick uh, mushrooms or toadstools off their stalks because if a gnome is in the, uh, you know, in your yard and it sees you, it'll camouflage itself into a uh, a toadstool. And if you run by and actually kick the mushroom out of the ground, you're actually kicking a gnome across your yard. Ooh. And then at night, they'll come back and they'll pull up all your vegetables. Oh. Mm-hmm. So if you kick a mushroom, you're supposed to apologize. Also, a uh, quick uh, little like history lesson. The very kitschy lawn, lawn gnome decorations that we have here in the United States... Uh-huh. That's actually from um, the late industrial period from Great Britain, um, because as um, you you had like the where like gin and tonic got outlawed because like the the peasants were like drinking basically like turpentine and like dying, and you had like the <laughs> upper right. you had the upper echelon that like were basically like fucking shit ain't gonna bother me. So they were living life to the fullest, but they had so much money and so much time on their hands that life became very droll. And so they would randomly walk down like the shittier part of London and they would grab like a homeless person off the street because they were everywhere. And they would invite them back and then actually build like a little tiny shack in their backyard. And then they would go out like in the evenings and just kind of watch this homeless person just sit there and be like, fuck, man, I... You know what? Like life is really good right now. Like I'm not like homeless Joe, and I feel really better, you know, about myself. And so this, uh, you know, the the homeless people were kind of shabby looking. Some of them had the long beards, and so it became kind of like a pastime thing for the upper echelon to do. And then like you know, like well, you guys are kind of dicks. Like you can't take homeless people, and 
you know, dwell on the fact that you got life better than them. Um, but the upper echelon miss it so much that they started to create these little lawn homes to put in their backyard to kind of represent uh-huh. that homeless person. And then, you know, it kind of translated over here to the United States and became very kitschy. But originally, lawn gnomes were uh, actual real-life homeless people that, uh, people, you know, the upper rich like Paris Hilton used to make, you know, them feel better about themselves. Huh. Yeah. The more you know. That, yeah, no doubt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell. Well, what do you say, guys? Let's plug some stuff and let's get on up out of here. Hell yeah. Sir, let's do it. All right. Don't forget, guys, Dancing with the Stars. Carol Baskins is on this season. <laughs> did you see what her family did? Fucking or Carol her family, Baskins. Her, her deceased husband did. Yeah, he died, didn't he? Well, is that yeah. What he did? Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> his family, like, they're uh-huh. very angry. I mean, I kind of am too. Don't glorify this bitch. Anyways, the. Oh, um, yeah, they bought ad time to run like every commercial with anybody and with information Don's where the disappearance and no whereabouts. Yeah. Way. yeah. We're watching on Hulu live. Um, that's, it's funny. You guys are like, why were you guys, why were you late to the episode tonight? Cause I was like 15 minutes late. Uh, they plugged her at the very end of that episode and I was just kind of hanging out, hoping to catch her before we started recording. But uh, of course they had her dance last to, you know, get the ratings up. Yeah. But she, joke. this is a horrible joke, but she dances like a corpse. She looks like a corpse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't know. I don't have no respect respect for her or. Oh, I don't fucking either, man. Jokes God, she's They're crazy. Garbage. She's so, so I think cringy. like what Dancing with the Stars should do is like every time she comes on, they should actually play whatever her dance is to a Joe Exotic song. Like she should do the tango <laughs> to hear Kitty Kitty. <laughs> oh my God. She uh, she danced whatever the fuck that was to uh, Eye of the Tiger tonight. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know what was worse. That or Tyra Banks. So anyway, guys, <laughs> Steve wanted to plug some stuff. Cool. Yeah. You can check out our Instagram account at PXL Paranormal. Go on there for all the pictures and stuff like that behind the scenes and episode whatnot. Uh, check out our Facebook at Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Get on there. We post the same things as Instagram. So if you're not on Instagram, you check that out. Uh, you can share share that always helps out on Facebook so we can reach more people and get people more uh, yeah. known to the show. And um yeah. That's it for me. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're gonna cover the movie stuff. So hit it to it, man. Movie stuff. Yeah, like where we're the things we're doing on Monday nights the next month. Yeah, so first of all, guys, I want to say, please, if you can, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps us out a bunch. It also lets us know kind of what you're thinking. Check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage and Amazingly Baca, Attack the Backlog, and 13 Nightmares, where we uh, are actually re-recording the episode that Brady and I recorded because old Steve-O's back in the game, so... We'll uh, get that going again and start having regular episodes out every other week. Uh, hopefully next week we're going to have a new episode out. I might even cut that out because I'm tired of saying it and it not happening. Mm-hmm. So I think if I don't say it, then it's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys are in the Wichita area, please join us at the Starlight Drive-In every Monday night between, uh, well, technically last Monday on the 14th through October 19th. We're having Scary Movie Mondays at the Starlight Drive-In. We just got through watching, oh God, what was that? Uh, Sorry, The Shining and also the director's cut of Doctor Sleep. 
Next good. week we have uh, Creep Show Part One, followed by the original Dawn of the Dead, and then the original Day of the Dead. I believe the next night we've got uh, the 1979 King Kong with followed by Godzilla versus Megalon. And the third movie that night will be Battle Beyond the Stars. Then on Monday, October 5th, we have Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and Galaxy of Terror. Monday, October 12th, it might be the 12th, but baby, we're going to make it the 13th. Friday the 13th, 5, 6, and 7. And then we're going to finish things off Monday, October 19th with Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. And then Lucio Fulci's... Lucio? Lucio. Yeah, sure. Lucio Fulci's The Beyond from the Zombie series. So if you're not doing nothing on the next coming Mondays, join us, please, for Scary Movie Monday. (laughs) Join us. Yeah, it was rad, man. To see that theater packed. For the Shining was just outstanding, dude. It's, and if you have so any crazy. way to get to the show next week with Creep Show, uh, Day and Dawn of the Dead, you should definitely do that because there's going to be a special surprise at the beginning of that that people will only be able to see for that one show. Oh, snaparoo! Pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be a great time. So check that out. Wait, Presto, what do you got, this man? Pre- this episode's already going to be out by the time. Or it'll it, that it'll be done by the time this episode's out, right? Oh yeah. no! Whoops! No. Cut that part. <laughs> oh damn it! Okay, and as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to up your beard game so that you don't have a scuzzy hobo duende beard, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for twenty percent off your order, and get yourself some. Forest-like scents like Classic and Dundee Cedar. Step up your game with Bay Rum and Sweet Tobacco. Freshen yourself up with fresh mint. And, uh, you know, the Dobbs was playing around with a, a secret concoction. He kind of hinted it on Facebook. So if you need some test monkeys, holler at your boy, Big Dobbs, and uh, I'll put it on my face and try it out and let you know what I think. And so will Sean, and definitely Steve will put anything on his face. So give him a can, too. And if you need need to up your game as far as, like, you know, how your hair looks and you just want to, like, rock it out, go over to www.cutsbycolin.com and book yourself an, an appointment to get your hair did up by our main boy Colin and asked for the razzle dazzle and look your best for the rest of 2020. Again, that's www.cutsbycolin.com and tell them that the boys at Pixelated Paranormal sent you. Sure. Shout out to um, Big Dob. He apparently sent me a birthday package. It's sitting on, well, it's not on my porch anymore, but it's at my house. So when I get there tomorrow, <laughs> I get to open oh, that package. Nice. It's going to be great. He always sends Are you going to do an unboxing video? I should do an unboxing video on the Facebook or the or the Instagram page. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be rad, dude. Yeah. Do it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You're like, all right, guys, check it out, and you open it up, and it's just something a really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something really bad. No, I'm sure it's going to be some of his pro- his <laughs> wonderful product. I love that Dundee cedar and that sweet tobacco. It's my absolute favorite. Heck yeah. Yeah. And guys, if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our friends over at Fast Print on Harry and Rock for anything you got to get printed. Uh, every year, Horror Fest is near and dear to my heart, and I got to uh, I get to do a poster. Uh, this is the fourth year I've got to do a poster for Horror Fest, uh, and again, they just knocked it out of the park. The artwork 
I do my best. I try to make art that I would buy, you know, for myself. And uh, they just make it that much better. And uh, I really, truly love uh, everything they've done for me there so far. So please stop by, check them out. If you mentioned the Scary Movie Mondays, they are doing 20% off any vinyl banner, I believe, uh, through October. So... In all the years that you've done a poster, I i mean, i got to give you props because you haven't done a shitty one yet. I mean, I would want oh, that shit shucks. on my wall. So, you know, go, su- <laughs> go support your boo. Buy a fucking poster. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fucking phenomenal. And, dude, it was so cool. I think it was before. I think you were either. No, you hadn't got there yet. And then I think you right when you got there, I think you and Shayla went up to the snack booth to get some stuff. And oh, I yeah. saw, like at least four people walking with posters so they could have either been the VIP redemptions or actual people buying it. But we know that people are actually buying them, which is really cool. And all of yeah, that goes towards that feeling, lap stuff. Man. So that's really tight. Oh yeah. 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 This year, a hundred percent of the money from the sales go towards lap. It's Wichita's only no kill animal shelter. So pretty, pretty rad, but that's enough about me. You guys got anything else you want to plug? Fuck no. Cool. All right. Keep your eyes peeled, fellow toy hunters. Apparently in October, they're dropping that ever-elusive Scareglow Masters of the Universe action (laughs) figure. (laughs) And an unpunched Skeletor. Oh, I know. No doubt. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us who love to talk about it. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your thumbs. And stay spooky and stay on that paranormal highway, baby. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Hello, my name is Ricky, and I'm originally from Peru. <laughs> Wait, that is not <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's just so go with that. <laughs> Ricky Ticky Taffy, bitch. It's so bad. It's so oh, bad. that's so good. Oi, my name's Rookie. <laughs> All right, I'll try it again. I like uh, this is gonna be so hard because it's so many fucking paragraphs of me talking like this. But I'm uh, gonna try you to, could just talk, dude. I wouldn't even worry about it unless like, you want to uh, do an easy one. All right, here we go.